0: so we're live yeah we're live here live. at uh live as life can be on these things yeah here with steve howe from norse comics yeah thanks hey. for joining us today
1: absolutely gentlemen anytime
0: so um how's the week been? been good yeah
1: you
2: know after you know missing a few weeks from uh the weekly comic book, you know, pick up. you know, I've no, I know you've talked about the love of old smell of comics. I want to let you know that your store has a new comic smell too. That is just as enjoyable. Mm.
1: It, it really, yeah. you know, the new comic smell, that's that, that freshness, that newness, that, that I've never touched this before smell to it. Mm-hmm. That's unless you've ever smelled it, you don't, you can't describe it to somebody, but the moment you say it, everybody knows what you mean.
0: Yeah, like uh, I'm sure you get that every week when you open a new shipment, though. Oh, oh, yes, every week you get the first uh whiff.
1: Oh, it's wonderful when you first crack open that box, cut the cut the uh tape that's on there, and get that first whiff of everything. You open it up, you smell the ink because these are fresh from the printer books. I mean, they were probably printed four or five days prior and processed at the warehouse and sent out, so they've touched two hands before mine really wow so it's it's a unique experience for sure but it's those old ones that take me back to being you know seven years old when I first got into comic books mm-hmm. cracking them open smelling the newsprint because they don't use the same paper anymore of course right they, right yeah, but you smell that now. that slight musk that an older comic has mixed with hand grease mm. dust dirt like you open that and you get that smell and there's there's nothing that can compare to it. It really is unique in the world. Mm. Yeah. Um,
2: the
1: smell is related to I lost to
0: track of t- what I was going to say right there. Smell <laughs> is just- related to time travel.
2: <laughs> if you want to travel through time it starts with the senses of your of smell.
1: You're 100%
2: right. Like Could, a, like a, uh, if you ever like on my honeymoon I got a new cologne specifically for the honeymoon or any special occasion and I only wear it for that event and then later I use that same clone to remember that same experience. So you implant those memories with scents intentionally.
0: Right. Well, and only do it that time, so. it you get, like, like, a special, uh, yeah, special yeah, just, location. like, uh, singles it out for you. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. why,
2: you know, they pump in the smells at casinos, too, the same reason. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, well, like, MGM
1: Grand has their own scent. <laughs> it It really gets you to... Remember being there—the good times when oh, you're there. All right, when you yeah. want. spent when you lost. I spent eight years in Vegas, and each casino, all the good ones, have their own particular scent. So if you go to the Station Casinos, all but one of them smell exactly the same. Wow. The only I'm one that playing. doesn't is the one on Sahara.
0: Playing mind games. Oh yeah, that's right. That's crazy.
1: So we kind of wanted to talk about.
0: Just like, uh, let's start with uh, collecting, like uh, ins and outs on that. What would,
2: what would be? I think you got to define collecting. No, uh, well, bit that's more, what I mean too. is yeah. like, um,
0: right. like the different types, maybe.
1: Well, collecting, investing, uh, and...
0: investing type collecting, or just general. Well, you start.
1: I think the most important question is what gets you into collecting. Right. You know, that's where it starts. Is it the love of comic books or Or toys or cards? Or is it the money side of things? The stock market aspect of it. Mm. Because books can raise up in price. I mean, we'll take the most recent explosion in price over the last two years is Something is Killing the Children, number one.
0: That's such a good Uh, book. We've talked about it twice now. Uh, Yeah, but
1: last year when that book came out, because we're only on issue number 20 now, so it's been going, you know, 20 months yeah. Uh that book when it first came out, I mean, it was a $25 book for a year, a year and a half, and then exploded to a $900 investment book because of the deal with Netflix because we're getting a show from Boom on Something is Killing the Children. The first prints 900. The first print cover A is $900 now, Holy ungraded.
0: Shit. Jesus.
1: Yeah. So, but there's other books that have done that. Uh Not as high, but are investment books now because they're going to go higher, Department of truth number one cover a that's a ninety dollar book, wow. and you can sometimes people are selling them for two to three hundred because okay. it's expected to have a show so like on that point
0: when when are you going too far on hunting number ones? I think yeah. when
1: you're having to take a loan out to buy it. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, really, no, like I mean,
0: I mean, like new number one. So you're like trying to find that next big one.
2: You're talking about like speculating and so, like hoarding, kind m- of right? Like
0: just like kind of that thing that happened in the '90s where everybody was buying uh, just number ones of everything, and then trying to get them, uh, you know, just like the whole image thing when they, uh, they when had, you had when lines had, around the block, they, yeah, and there was like. But they were making, like, millions of these books. Right. You know what I mean? And it, like, almost killed. No, it's not that it almost killed the comic market. It it did.
1: It was part of the reason that the comic market died in the 90s. Right. Is so many people bought them that everybody was overbuying books to keep up with demand. And then when prices didn't hit what people thought, they dropped out of collecting. Mm. And then stores were over leveraged and ended up closing because of it. Because there wasn't that next hot thing because the next hot thing was gone. The people were gone out of it because speculators ruined the collecting market in the 90s, not just in comic books, but sports cards as well. Sports card speculation and comic speculation both hit their apex right around the same time. But when the sports card market crashed, all of those collectors moved to comic books It blew up the industry in comic books and then they stopped as well. And so you had a third, right around 33 to 40% of comic book stores in the country close overnight.
0: So do you think the industry's learned from that at all? Like, are, we, are is there any danger of that happening again, you think? Bro?
1: Oh, there's absolute danger. Look at how many covers come out for a comic book these days in the hopes for Cold. speculation. And the paper uh, shortage,
2: too, now. Yeah, the paper
1: shortage right now is going to hurt us. I just got a multiplicity or a multitude of emails from publishers this week talking about the paper shortage. Image moved most of its books to next week because they couldn't get in all their books this week. Uh, House of Slaughter moved from last week to this week because they didn't get all of their books in on time. Just from, like, paper shortage? Paper shortage. Uh, actually, one of the greatest things that we could do to combat this was brought up in one of the the Facebook comic retailer groups that I'm a part of, where one of the uh, members there mentioned moving comic books from wood pulp paper to hemp pulp paper.
0: Oh, that'd be the shit. Because
1: hemp produces ten times more pulp per acre than trees do. Uh,
0: I'm surprised. And it grows faster. I'm surprised nobody's doing that. I like that new comic book smell. Yes. (laughs) But (laughs) But when they're properly
1: bleached, you can't tell the difference. But it's like on the horizon, you're saying. it's No, that's I'm expecting that that's going to be the no- normal commonplace in the next 10 years. Yeah. Is that trees are no longer going to be cut down to create and paper. There, there's no it's reason. It's going to move to hemp, and they're going to last longer, too. There's no
2: reason for it. What about the yeah. ridiculous amount of variant covers, too? Well. You know, I I love it, and I hate hate it for the same reason with, you know, the paper shortage, because it's it, – I love the art. <laughs> well, I, I'm no. always – I've been a collector of covers, you know, for a long time, too. You know, that's that's a very important draw. Right. But, you know – when you got fifty cover, fifty number one covers, you know, and then you hear about paper shortage, you know, all all those all those fear of the bubble things from the nineties and collecting kinda of start creeping back to me, you know. That's it's,
0: that's what I was like kinda going for like talking about is like like all these covers <laughs> excuse me. Like um All the different ones they did for uh, The Last Ronin. Like, holy shit. There were a hundred covers. Right. It was ridiculous.
1: Uh, This is one of the things that will lead to a break in the market at some point. An oversaturation of a book. Mm. It keeps speculation out of it because now there's so many copies. Now you're going to go back to X-Men number one. Jim Lee's 1991 volume two run. Or Todd McFarlane's Spider-Man run. Or... Rob Liefeld's X-Force run, where there were 8.5 million copies of X-Force produced to keep up with demand, you can buy the book for $2 still. Mm. It's not an expensive book. There is no scarcity. Scarcity increases price. But if everyone has a copy of it in their collection. Then nobody gives a shit. Yeah.
2: Scarcity and demand. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. But there's so many on the market that people are still able to find them that have never been owned before. They've been in some stores that long. Okay, so this was
0: kind of my question. Then is like, how do you know, um, as somebody who like enjoys like collecting as well as like is in it for somewhat of an investment, like how do you know which number or the new number wants to go for, the, and not go for every single one or every single cover? I
1: think if you're in it for the longevity, there's two things to invest in. And those are going to be your cover A's always because anytime there's a book, I'd say 99% of the time your cover A is your most expensive book. And then if you want faster profit but less long term would be to go for your incentive covers because you're going to pay a little bit more now, but they're going to go up. And we'll take Last Ronin as a prime example of this is Last Ronin came out with a Retailer Thank You variant. Red foil, same cover, just red foil, so each store got one. When we sold that book, we got it in, it was valued at about $75, $80, and we sold it for that. I checked today, it's a $160 book, so it's doubled in price since purchasing it. But Last Ronin hasn't moved, including the Retailer variants, but that one has because of its scarcity. So if you're going for something that has a less print run on a cover, it's generally – it's not always the case. But it's generally going to be the more expensive of the books in the long run unless the series like uh, Something is Killing the Children blows up where your cover A is the most expensive and it doesn't matter what other covers you have. But an eighth printing is still a $40 book.
0: Yeah, I got an eighth printing and yeah, I was going to yeah. say that it's still – I mean.
1: So there's there's money to be – Invested, but I think the most important part of this to for everybody to understand is that when you're investing in comic books, you're investing in your collection, you're investing in something that has worth to you, right? Don't forget to have fun,
2: yeah. I think this brings up something we were talking about earlier when we we're talking about you know investing, but there's the, the, the emotional value. I remember Mike, you said something that some of the most valuable comics to you aren't worth much money, like for money, but the yeah, story cover, that went with it like right. how you you know hunted and collected and found that or like the story behind it like i have a autographed signed um, the, the resurrection of superman cover we went to a comic book signing in, in boulder uh, time warp had all these people from the, the dc sign it you know then afterwards you realize only one of those people of the 12 that signed it was actually involved in that comic book but you know it's still an invaluable comic to me because of the story of me hanging out in line with the friends watching it happen and the comic book itself isn't worth that much, yeah, right? but probably cover that
1: story but is you built a memory
2: exactly. And right. there's well, no
1: value that can be placed on a memory and a time in your life that matters. the same thing with the smells, right? yeah, like we're
0: we're going full circle here. It's the same thing. Like mm-hmm. good memories, nostalgia towards that book. It's a cover price book, but it's valuable to me. And like you know
2: what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes that's worth more because you can't take the book with you when you die. You know, you can't take it. Sure, you can. But if you share those
1: memories with others, they'll remember it when looking at it. I mean, I bought those two books off of you uh, Amazing Spider Man 346 and 347. Because when I was a kid, they were my favorite covers. And it mattered to me to pick them up. And I overpaid for them. And I was happy to do so because it's in my collection. It's on display. I love the book. It's not the greatest story. If you read it, it's hard to read. Because Spider-Man wasn't very good under Larson, but the covers mattered to me. And having them with me means something. And if they never go up in value, if they go down in value, it doesn't matter because it's priceless to me. Most of my collections like that. Like I
0: have very few like expensive books or key issues. I don't have any keys. Like you know what I mean? All my shit or most of it other than like the new. Mm Mm-hmm. But all my old books are stuff that I was into when I was a kid. Right. Or stuff that I had when I was a kid that I had to re-hunt down. And then I got more of that series, just kind of completed it based off of what I had filled in
1: the blanks. And therein lies the best, to me, what the best part of collecting is. Is the, the search hunt, the hunt the hunt for it?
0: Digging through boxes, I could do it for you've seen me do it at your, uh-huh. your, your store. I went front. on
1: I went on vacation got to it, Portland, got it, got it. and I went to a comic book store and I found I was so excited I found a book. It was a three dollar book. I couldn't have been happier to pick it up. It was the first appearance of Six Pack from Section Eight in DC out of Hitman number nine uh-huh. of all series who nobody cares about Hitman because it never went anywhere, it never did anything. But I was excited because I got his first appearance and I'd been looking for that one. And I hunted it and I found it.
0: That's how I'd be if an X-Men 2099 book showed up in your store and you would roll your eyes all the way to the ceiling, I'm sure. Yeah, my eyes would hurt. <laughs> I have one copy he, of it in my... He, ne- he never, never
1: a copy of what? I have a copy of X-Men 2099 in my personal collection. Uh, well, I have most of that run. I need... Oh, no, I have one comic, and I only cared because there's one the, character in it. Is it the first it. issue? No. It's like issue 27. It's first appearance of uh, the 2099 version of Full Killer. That's yeah, literally all I what, cared about. What book is that? X-Men 2099. No, I know what issue. I think it's 25 or 27. Ooh, I wonder if I got that. I'm going to have to see. And I bought it off of a friend of ours, Kevin, Uh because he didn't care about it, and I needed another full killer appearance. Uh, Kevin Tyler? Yes. Oh, shout out to Kevin Tyler.
0: And I bought it off of him, happily. I bought a Spawn number 1 from him.
1: We just had a really cool Spawn number 1 in the store the I other day. I saw it. I yeah. saw it. Did somebody uh, get
0: it? Someone did. With the... With the, uh, with the main, ash can. With the, nice.
1: It, so it had Spawn number 1 with a comic's ash can in there, and the comic was signed by Todd McFarland... And it was a 9-6 condition. I mean, this thing was beautiful.
0: Uh, just for anybody who's listening that doesn't know, uh, explain, if you would, what an ash can
1: is. Oh, so an Ashcan is a preview comic. Sometimes they're smaller, <laughs> sometimes they're full size. They're, generally speaking, sent to comic book stores so they can review the comic prior to purchasing it so they can see if that's a book that they want to get. We've gotten a few ash cans in the store over the last couple of years. It's less likely to happen nowadays, but when they're really trying to push a new book, they'll especially from a new publisher, they'll send out an ash can. They tend to be smaller to cut down on printing prices. But they are they can be incredibly valuable to a collector because they're hard to find. Is that your boy? That is not. It's actually no. on the cover, he's wearing a oh, black shit. and white uh Costume, you said twenty seven, something like that. Mm. I'd
0: have to look at the covers. You gotta let me know because I want to see
1: this. Anyway, uh, but so an ash can, like I said, it's just a simple preview. Right, Uh, it's the full comic, just smaller size, no ads, and then grading, of course, because I said it was a nine point six grade. Grading on a comic book actually can go from a point one all the way to a Mm ten. Ten, of course, being Jim. I've never personally seen a graded 10 comic book in my life. The I'd on, like to. The but. only
0: one I've seen, and it wasn't even like in person, but there, uh, it was on some YouTube channel. But this guy was talking about, apparently there's a book out there. It's a First Appearance of Carnage. I can't remember. Do you remember? First Appearance of Carnage is Amazing Spider-Man 361. Uh, that's why we got you here. Um, so it was a it had six covers right they grade when when that happens so if, when you get a multiple cover what happens is they grade each cover separately and then use the highest graded the highest cover to add to to use in the grading so they had all these covers obviously the one like the one the furthest the in the furthest in was <laughs> perfect Right, because it was already yeah. a, like a nine point eight book, to which be, is an expensive which, book. Now. Which was f- insanity, yeah. right? And so, and then that cover was a you know perfect, and it ended up it ended up being a ten,
1: and but it's somewhere out there. Yeah, like I, I don't know. I've, I've seen videos and pictures of tens. I've just never physically held them. Yeah, the right. closest yeah. was a nine point nine, and it had a single smudge on the back. What was it? Uh, it was the Batman Damned number one that we had in store. Oh, so you had it. Yeah, we had the 9.9. 9. That's literally that the only the Bat- one I've ever seen. Is
0: that the Batman penis book?
1: It's the first appearance of Batmember.
0: <laughs> Did you hear about
1: that, Bill? No. You uh, didn't? No? I personally want to get Dark Reign Spider-Man number six, because it's the first appearance of Peter's Peter. Peter's Peter. <laughs> <laughs> He hasn't or, heard about the uh, Batman, member. you got to tell him the story. So, in Batman Damned, the first book, so it was the prestigious format uh, comic, so it's the larger size, almost magazine. Yeah. It was the first DC black label. And so they were able to do more than what they normally did. This takes place in Batman's mind. So, spoiler alerts, takes place in Batman's mind as he's dying. He's killed the Joker, and now he's dying. He gets to the bat cave after getting injured, takes off the suit and walks naked towards the the reader. And you get to see in the shadows, uh, full frontal the, nudity of Bruce Wayne.
0: the silhouette of his bat
1: member. and if you if you had any questions, yes, Batman circumcised.
0: <laughs> <laughs> was not my first question <laughs> <laughs> but.
1: <laughs> but it's been so there was so much controversy over it. That they ended up in subsequent printings and in the graphic novel, blacking that area out just yeah, by bringing the the shadow darker.
0: So that's a good example of a book that's actually like worth something, though. Because it's not like, the if, most expensive,
1: right? But like,
0: still, that's like something if you were, um, looking for rare.
1: Yeah, it is. It's not as rare as you would think because it was a first printing, right? I mean, they're they and it wasn't an error printing, so it wasn't recalled. But
0: it it, it's it's cut off there. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's gonna be no more unless they someday you know reverse that and do some other
1: like reprint. But like still, that's not gonna be worth the fuck. You might see something like what happened with X Men. Uh, So during uh, Claremont's run of X Men, I believe it's. I want to say it's X-Men 269. It's right in that era. So post uh, first appearance of Gambit, there's a scene where uh, Storm is in the shower and there's bubbles all over her. When they digitized the comic, the detail went up so high, you could see that Storm was naked in the shower. In the print, you can't because the resolution was so low. But when they digitized it, you can see her nipples. Oh, geez. Yep. They drew nipples on her. Do you remember the swimsuit
2: edition? Oh yeah, uh, Marvel swimsuit to, edition. Yeah, you get yeah, naked
1: Ghost Rider. Know. How could I not remember that? <laughs> that was, he yeah. was hot. <laughs> <laughs> or uh,
0: or Archangel in the speedo. Oh, Bruce. it was
1: so weird. They were, that's that is indicative of those mid '90s comics about. of oh, yeah. the oversexualization of all the it's characters. Baywatch. Yeah, Baywatch. It sort it was. I mean, and like uh, the the uh, the swimsuit editions of, uh, you know, uh, you had the image swimsuit swim, swim editions that had all of Jim it. Lee's characters in there. And let's be honest,
0: I mean, what sells comics? It goes I, I to mean, old back, men back in there. Back in the day, they were trying to appeal to young boys. You young know? boys yeah. and old
1: men. Old men. And now we're
0: now we're the old men.
1: Yeah. And we were the young boys then. Yeah. <laughs> it's full circle. Still into
2: it. I'm not like every 40-year-old. I'm, no, I'm not a, like every teenager.
1: I'm in my 40s. Uh, I'm soon in my late 40s. Ugh, Ugh. Better than the alternative, right? Yeah. <laughs> but comic books i mean they've they've done all of these things to try to get people to buy more issues and sure. alternate covers just like are just anything.
0: that way just like anything
1: you know i i rarely will buy two covers of a book unless it's a mistake which i've
0: done a lot
1: yeah i, I actually have something to talk to you about that one is i'm so i'm always you know i'm always trying to better the comic book world mhm
0: that's what uh, that's what this is about, that's what the comic yeah. zone's about, that's what all well, this is about. We're, I'm, sure. I'm
1: in the process, because of my history of building a new comic book point of sale system,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Zach and I were discussing yesterday the comic flow of customer coming to the counter and purchasing books and actually accidentally buying an alternate cover was brought up and I figured a solution on how to check if you'd bought that cover or that book, not just that cover before. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have that in the system. So, so if you bring up a cover it'll, B, it'll scan pop it up. and go, hey, you bought the cover A last week. Did you mean this one? That's tight. That's so.
2: a
0: good one, dude. That's really good.
2: I'll buy alternate covers for something that I'm really collecting. Like Venom. is it, Venom Spider-Man is the main source of my collection. So, like, if I have a hot one there, I don't mind getting alternate covers for that if it's, you know.
1: Sometimes seconds. you want the Momoko. Sometimes you don't fucking uh, tired some, of Peach Momoko,
0: dude. Jesus. Me too.
1: But, like, I buy the, the Betty Page comics, but I only get the alt <laughs> covers of <laughs> those Lensner's.
0: Ones are, those ones are awesome. They,
1: uh, they're good stories. They're good. But I love Lensner's covers because they are beautiful they and well like old, done.
0: They look like old photos.
1: Yeah. And then, like, of course, I get the nude covers as well because what? I'm a teenage boy in a got, 40-year-old <laughs> man's body. They got nude covers? Oh, yeah. If you ever want to see some of them, I got most of them. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you ever have them in the store? Because they sell out the day they come out. (laughs) Every one always gets bought. Uh, Uh, But those are the times where I'll buy multiple covers. But it's rare. I'll buy the cover I want, and that's it. Harley Quinn. I'm buying the cover I want, which is usually the B cover because I think the A cover is terrible right now. And I hate the art. I like the story. I have a super hard time uh, with DC covers,
0: man. Like they're so fucking good now. Yes. Like, and then it's like, yeah, I do see somewhere. I'm like, oh, I want them both.
1: Sometimes I, I you usually, have to break down. Sometimes I do, and then yeah.
0: I, I'm not upset about that. But then it's like,
1: do I really need to? The ones that are consistently hard to choose are Nightwing. The cover A and the cover B for Nightwing are always consistently good. Yeah. And you're determining if it's if this one's better or funnier. It was tough in um, during Future State and Death Metal. Yeah, Death Metal was real tough. I got a lot of multi covers at that event.
0: It was really tough, like um, bo- the Suicide Squad covers. Yeah, like the and those were actually like all really good, but the B covers, where the it's like the you put them together, they make one picture. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, my God. Those are awesome.
1: Or uh, Future State Gotham mm. where Future Gotham where you put the two together and, like, you'll get the A and the B and they create a single image. So you, you almost are forced to buy the two.
0: Right. Well, I think they did that with um, – uh, what was it called? Their little run they did in Marvel with where they were – Jesus, i don't know with a lot of
2: them. There's the um, King well, and Black did. There was the one for that. King and Black, what they had the... wraparounds
1: and they had connecting covers through the whole line. Heroes Empire Reborn. had it. Heroes, Heroes Reborn. Reborn. That was a, that's what I was talking about. See, those I got the uh, the the hero cards myself. But that's like,
0: yeah, it's a lot of covers that
1: make one picture. Oh, absolutely. Uh, on,
0: the, on the Heroes Reborn, I I didn't even know that until I like was sitting there just kind of – I dig through the boxes sometimes and, like, go through what I got. And then sometimes you see something you forgot you had. and Oh, yeah. But then I'm, like, looking through those and I was like, hold on. And then I'm, like, laying them out on the floor.
1: And then I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. <laughs> but that's the thing that makes comics so unique in collecting because – Sports cards you can't do that. I mean, yes, there are sports card runs that are connecting images, but it isn't one of those things where it happens by mistake as a collector. So you found that gym on your own. And, Which it, and should, it made it extra should, special. It, it
0: probably should have been obvious to me, but I mean I didn't know. So Yeah. So one
1: time I was going I, through And
0: you're right, it was really, really sweet. Like when I found it on my it's like uh playing an old video game, you know, when you'd find those there wasn't internet. Yeah, when you finally you, learn the you, Konami code? Or you find those you know, <laughs> yeah, you figure something out yeah, in the game that you weren't
1: nobody told you about. Like Or you throw the control because you got E. T. trapped <sighs> in the uh In the pit and can't get out now? Oh, yeah.
0: That's like, uh, (laughs) did you know that's like notoriously the worst game ever made?
1: Yeah, it had a six-week production schedule, and they were told, finish the game. I don't care if it's done.
0: Yeah, and they didn't care about what they were making either. No. Uh,
1: They hadn't even seen the movie when they made the game. We're talking about E.T., by the way. A great documentary on Amazon about that game. Uh, Somebody goes to the landfill in Arizona where it was supposedly at, searching for the copies that were supposedly buried, does find some of them, but not the 10,000 that was uh, uh, legend to be there. But they go over the history of the game of why it was rushed through production and why it was so bad. It's considered the worst game in history, but it still has a value to collectors. Because well, because some, it's because yeah. I mean, it has something special about
0: it. It's like the whole thing with like uh, B movies, right? Like people don't like them because they're awesome; they like them because they suck. You know, <laughs>
1: <laughs> like and somebody might
0: disagree, but I think it's more like the novelty of
1: like the look. Are oh, you bad mouthing oh, Edward D Wood Jr.? <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? Oh, he's the B-movie king. Oh, is he? He did Plan 9 from Outer Space. It has been voted the worst movie of all time. Oh, wow. It's not because he did much worse movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're selling him short. He's done much worse. <laughs> yeah. He made a whole movie out of stock footage. Oh, wow. Yeah, Glinner or Glinda, where he just wanted to dress in women's clothing. Mm. That's the whole point of the movie. He filmed his parts, and he took stock nature footage. And stock police footage, and made a story out of it, and it's really bad. If you ever get the chance to watch it, highly recommended.
0: <laughs> uh, I'll take your word for it, buddy. Um, so on, uh, since we're over, like over the collecting hump, let's. Um no,
2: Tell no, no. The... That, that'll never happen. No, I'll no, I mean, be... like just in this the discussion co- part in of this it. conversation, that, well, the I, horse I is have, bruised. I <laughs> do have one one story here, real quick. So, collecting since you know the early 90s as a kid, you know, teenager, you know, I always think looking, you know, I, I, I was chasing covers more than I was the stories. My biggest regret, I didn't read as much as I wanted to, um, which is why I read everything now. But my stepdad bought me. After I was kind of over collecting, picked up a long box of comics at a yard sale for like $5, 15 bucks or whatever. Um, didn't really go through them until years later. Um, the point of this is the ones that are worth the more are the ones that you never think about. So I'm like recently I'm f- going through the old books looking to see what I have, and then there's a section of comics that you know I meticulously bag and board everything from you know, oh, a yeah. kid. There's a section that haven't been bagged or board. I'm looking through it. Wait a minute. There's New Mutants ninety eight.
1: No one sitting ever thought there. that book would have done anything back then. Yeah,
2: it was sitting there, neglected, and I didn't even know I had it.
1: Is that the Deadpool book? The, that your, is first appearance of Deadpool, Deadpool and Gideon. Okay.
2: So it's like, and I if did, you if you have a what is had it, New one Mutants, of
1: those. we've had two copies and yeah, sold them both. That was pretty recent. Uh, if you have like New Mutants eighty seven as well, that's first appearance of C- uh, Cable. Yeah. And that's a pretty valuable book as well. Now it's even hotter than yeah, before because he's playing a bigger role in the mutant universe in Marvel right now. Well, and but it's, you know, it's you bringing that up. It actually is almost impossible to gauge what's going to be important. And they used to make it easier. That book there, uh, New Mutants 98 specifically, had on the cover Introducing Gideon. So, which is a character that never really went anywhere. But you had a lot of books at that time that they put the. Would be like, yo, bringing this character in, you know, Stiltman or. uh, Stiltman. Yeah. Or any weird, obscure new character they would put on the cover. But Deadpool was one of the ones where they didn't think it would go anywhere because. He really was just an assassin at the time. He had no real story. He was a throwaway. He was just kind of... And Gideon was supposed to be the big one, and he's done nothing. But Deadpool, of course, with the help of Ryan Reynolds, uh, has become one of the biggest, hottest properties in Marvel Entertainment. And is going to be the first MCU movie that is rated R. (laughs) They've already said that that yeah, one's going past that. Yeah, we had we posted that, I think, uh, a couple months back. Yeah, in the
0: college, and that's
1: so. going to send that book even up more. But those are older books going in value. So today's books, it's harder to determine what is going to be that book to collect. And I think what it is is you need to take a chance on new books mm. and care that you have the book versus care that you're buying it because it's going to go up because there are some books that will last ronin will stand the test of time and will go up on house of slaughter is a spinoff of something is killing the children
0: which is crazy right they're doing a spinoff after 20 issues yeah,
1: but it's a prequel spinoff that's at that, so not which is going to lead into a new book as well how
0: are they going to put this in like a movie though Uh, It's TV shows. That's what they're doing. They're killing small children. Like, how the fuck do you do that on TV? (laughs) It's not not unprecedented. Have you not watched The Boys?
1: Hunger Games? They're not killing children. They used a child to kill an entire room of people. Used a child? Yeah. He picked up the child, made it use its uh, laser vision, blew everybody up, and then said... Come, uh, that would have been different. Be though. good, or I'll come back and kill you too. It
0: would have been different though if he would have picked up the child and killed everyone, a bunch of children, right? Then you'd you. No, they like,
1: left that to George Lucas and Star Wars. <laughs>
0: right? Jesus Christ! <laughs> like, I, God damn, George, are you having a bad day or what? And it
2: wouldn't be that <laughs> unprecedented to them to tone it down. I'm thinking of like Sweet Tooth. Recently, you know, the Sweet Tooth comic was very ultra violent in that comic book way. I haven't read that one,
1: man. I I I really enjoyed it. I suggest picking up the graphic novel of that one. And then when you're done reading Sweet Tooth The Return, which is a retelling of the story. So it's not a continuation, but it's a complete rewrite. Hmm. Uh, But that's a book that nobody would have known that would have gone anywhere. Yeah. And the the series is phenomenal. It doesn't follow the book at all.
2: No, it's, it, they took they took the characters out of the book and put them in this Netflix. Sweet safe tooth
1: is. I
0: thought you were talking about the ice cream guy. No, that's no not a, ice cream. That's man. Ice cream man. No, that okay. Never mind. Uh, Sweet, Sweet tooth, Sweet tooth, tooth is, is the animal kids. The fucking antlers on it. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great book, great show. Dude at work was a uh, dude at work. Uh, was telling me about that show and it, it was really good
2: yeah and they did a good job as Robbie, robert downey jr's production company but they took great things like what's happening now with covid and kind of inner wove it with a story mm-hmm. so it made perfect sense for like the time like now when it was released you know like the fear of the diseases and stuff like that to you know to the to to an extreme um so it fit i, I think it, a- it was it was they did they took the material the ingredients and made a a delicious entree out of it. Different than the book, but all top class. Still
1: good. Same ingredients, different recipe. Yeah. And it's really, I mean, they both, they stand on their own, which doesn't happen all that often. Yeah, that doesn't ever happen, right? Uh, Usually it's shit or... Yeah. Usually you get something that's so different, it's unenjoyable. Where,
0: where, where? a good example of that is the Ready Player One movie. If anybody's ever read the book... Have you guys read it? I haven't. No.
1: It's Nor watched the movie. It's fucking
0: the greatest shit ever, dude. And it's, like, made for dudes, old old guys like us. Like, it's written for that. And then they took and turned the movie into, like, um, something for, for a younger audience, which is... Almost fine, like how they ruined which, Ender's game. Which is fine, but the movie... Um, is using people's names and like a very loose, uh, they're, like they're kind of going in the same direction and they, you know what I
1: mean? But So it's, he read the cliff notes and then wrote the story? Yeah, it's
0: like he read the back of the book and was like, okay, I got this,
1: <laughs> you know? It, it, you can change a story and but, make it better for the medium, that's and the
2: medium. That's, yeah, because
1: uh, they did the same with Invincible. Well, that ha- doesn't follow the comic in any way. You have like, to. Like the same parts are there. You have but to. But they're in different orders. Sometimes but, you, you have yeah, to. Yeah, you really do.
0: Because you can't um, – it's different. Like you said, it's a different format. You're doing uh, a visual format. Is um,
1: It's a completely different way to tell the same story. Absolutely. And you have to understand that. When when going into it, because if you get too accurate, a movie, you get a terrible movie. Uh, the original Ang Lee Hulks is a prime example of that. They followed the comic format so well in that movie. And it's the one of the worst superhero movies ever made. Oh, then uh, the original Ang Lee Hulk. Hulk. just yeah. Hulk. Yeah. That uh, was a- with Eric Banner. That was a uh, weird
0: one for me. But
1: it's so close it to a, the comics. It, it is
0: pretty good. But I'll, I'll admit it's good. One but, the, but the the roided out dogs was
1: that in the comics? Uh, his dad in the comic, or his dad in the show, is actually the absorbing man. Right. Who, and so, so I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. And so he was able to to share power. So you don't get a hulked out dog, but. He does like follow the the rules of so they were taking gamma powers and putting it into
0: others. Gotcha. So they were just kind of displaying what he could do,
1: yeah. But it was done badly,
0: yeah. That is bad too. Why would you do
1: a fucking poodle? It was a poodle, yeah, and uh, a golden retriever, yeah. It was horrible. It's a bad movie. The best part of it is Hulk uh, hits his own nuts (laughs) and has a reaction,
0: and when he tore up all those, um. All the tanks, and didn't, did he, didn't he take on some tanks and shit in that yeah, one? Yeah,
1: ripped off the uh, turrets uh, on them. Yeah, see, him. that was cool. But it's a bad movie with a great premise behind it. It just was executed sh- so they terribly. They tried
0: to go the right direction, and...
1: Yeah, you have to change enough to make the format work.
0: They didn't give it personality. No. And that's, uh, yeah. you know, that's the big difference is, like... You know, you can, that, that proves that you can take a already huge property and completely fail. It's like if you... Um, but then you look at Guardians of the Galaxy. And, like, nobody really knew who the fuck Guardians of the Galaxy were unless you were reading comics. And, and then, the team and that then, they
1: used was the least popular team uh, and, of and, all of Guardians history.
0: But then James Gunn gives them personality, yeah. gives it his own flavor... He's obviously a funny guy and, like, could figure out, like, how to make that
1: awesome without anybody even knowing who they were. Well, here's the biggest thing that James Gunn does when making a film is he makes you empathize with the characters. Oh, yeah. He makes you— You feel for them. Yeah. You love them. Uh, And that's what makes a great comic book writer Mm -hmm. and a great comic artist is you feel for the characters that you're reading through. Because they're so relatable to you, you might not like understand what they're going through, but you can relate to the problems they're going through, whether it's Bruce Wayne losing his parents or which is
0: maybe not so,
1: but the, I think that's what
2: <laughs> Marvel has done right versus d c overall. Is yeah, they they have the pathos. They are able to put those emotions into the into the audience. Where I think a lot of the DC movies, for me personally, that's where it, that's where I lose the edge. It's like they show Batman, and you're already supposed to be emotionally involved just by seeing, you know, the signal. You know, right? There's, there's it's, something. There's something missing that 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 tangible. That's um, it's so that's like
0: when um, you know, during the Phoenix Run in X Men. Right. And uh, who was one? who was writing? Uh, that back
1: originally? then, would have been
0: Claremont. Right. Okay, Chris Claremont. So. He was like the first to take you out of outside of just let's go fight the bad guys. He went and um, and went into their personal lives. Well, he did and then, something, and then, and then you're emotionally invested, and that's when the comic really kicked off. Like the proof is in the pudding. There, it's like like you said um, when. You're emotionally invested, just like any really good villain. Yeah. It's like they're relatable. You understand where, where they're coming from a little bit, and then
1: then you're like kind of not sure who you're rooting for. Well, I'll tell you what made Chris Claremont so good at writing X-Men is he took a complex story but told it simply. Yes. It was never so in-depth that the common teenager couldn't understand what was going on but if you were older and had more life experience you could see the subtle nuances through both the panels and the words of what was happening mm-hmm. so it was relatable to a younger and an older audience and that's incredibly difficult to do at any time and that, that's when he made
0: like he was kind of the big one to make a villain sympathetic for the first time in magneto that's And it's like it's pushing boundaries
1: there, right? Chris Claremont so it's, it's, is actually the reason that we got a X-Men Volume 2 done by Jim Lee because they had the greatest villain of all time in all of mutant history, Magneto, who was a sympathetic uh, antagonist now. He was no longer a villain. He had at times taken over for uh, Professor X. Right.
0: Yeah. Leading uh, the team.
1: Leading yeah. the team. Leading mm-hmm. the school. Because they had come to a common ground of, yes, humanity is terrible, but we can be better than them. And he understood it. But they needed a good bad guy, which is why they killed Volume 1 and started Volume 2, so they could make Magneto the villain again. Yeah. Because he'd become too relatable. Right. And then you're like, but then you look
0: at it, right? It's like uh, Xavier's kind of the fucked up one, right? He's the one
1: recruiting children and...
0: Oh in yeah, to, in, into his personal war and call him at schooling. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, I mean, the, at least Magneto waited till they were adults. Uh, he got the troubled let them, adults. Let them
0: make the choice. Yeah,
1: right? he was bringing twelve-year-olds. You just had mutant powers. Come with me and yeah. become the most powerful. Uh, we're gonna go fight character in the universe. We're
0: gonna go fight my little vendetta now.
1: <laughs> so, but,
0: let's talk a little bit about like I'm um, grading.
2: Like so when do you get a comic graded? What what do you look for? When are the times that
1: you actually want to do it? Well, there I think that one that one is subjective because there's different times to do it. I only personally own one graded comic. And it's because it was a higher valued comic, but it meant something to me, and that's Full Killer, Volume Two, Number One, One in One Hundred, Rob Liefeld Sketch Cover. Did you send that one in yourself, or did, did you buy it graded? I sent it out. Okay. Uh, and I made the decision that it made sense to grade that one. Because it's—I have one. And the the one
0: that Bill was talking about earlier is uh, Amazing X-Men number 4 in the Age of Apocalypse run. Yeah. That was just—it's worth nothing. I loved the cover. I loved the story. It's what we got into actually reading, like, series mm-hmm. of comics— um, and that's, like you say, it's it's worth nothing. Like, But I will probably end up getting it graded at some point just well, so I – There's
1: multiple I mean? reasons to do it. Increase the value of an old book or a valuable book. Like if I got Something is Killing the Children, number one, first printing oh, cover fuck, A in yeah. my hand, I'm sending that to get graded. I have an eighth printing. If I want to read it, I can. Here. So I'm sending that one out to get graded because it's going to double the value for a very low cost. But – other books to send out to get graded are for protection. So I have a copy that I'm going to be sending out soon to get graded of Marvel Spotlight number 32. First appearance of Spider-Woman. I bought the book a few, uh, about a year ago. Oh, I remember. I didn't spend a huge amount of money, maybe 40 or $60 on the book. Uh, since she was announced to be in the new Spider-Man, uh, Sony Spider-Man cartoon series or movie, the book's quadrupled in value so it's going to continue to go up it is now a blue chip book which means it's not a book that is ever going to go down in price it's just going to continue in ascension either through uh, inflation or something more happens with the character
0: and why why is that why is it permanently locked because
1: she's already a loved character But she's now been announced to be in a movie, so she's transitioning mediums again because she's had her own cartoon series, but it wasn't good and it was in the early 80s, so no one cares. So when you
0: say that it can – it's locked in, right? Does that mean it's locked in at the price – like that price and it can go up and then go back – like up most and, up likely, and down
1: from that point and not go but below that? It shouldn't. That? At this point, it's my belief that that's one of the few. I mean, there are a lot of books in that that range, but there are few that are accessible in that range that won't go back down. Like ever? Yes. It'll just go up? It's just going to go up. Okay. Um, First Appearance of Gambit is one of those books. That uh, isn't surprising. Uh, where it's a mid-tier blue chip. So it's a safe investment. Uh, She-Hulk, I wouldn't put her in that category, nor would I put my other personal favorite, which I'm trying to find a copy of X-Men 130, Dazzler's first appearance. Uh, I wouldn't put that in one of those books or in that category. However, the one right before then, X-Men 129, where you get the first uh, Kitty Pride and first... Uh I only care about Kitty Pride in that book, but you also get the first – I think it's Mystique, but I could be wrong on that one. Uh, that book is a mid-tier blue chip. You can pick the book up for a few hundred dollars, and it's never going to go down below that price. You get it graded. You get it protected. It will only ever go up in price throughout your life. But you're never going to get rich on it, but you're never going to lose money on it. But it's always a good
0: investment. It's a good investment. Okay. It's,
1: a, it's like buying uh, – Uh, Intel stock. Right. You
0: you know it's not going anywhere. Yeah.
1: You know you're not going to lose your money. But if you buy Dogecoin, you could lose everything.
0: Right. Well, that's (coughs) kind of the risk and reward factor of all all of it. But
1: blue chips are always a good idea to invest your money in in comic books. How do you know you have one? uh, Trends. Do you just do do your research? You do your research. New Mutants 98 is a blue chip. It's a mid-tier blue chip, but it's a blue chip. Giant Size X-Men number one is a blue chip comic. But that's a high tier because that's a five to ten thousand dollar comic book now. What about first uh,
2: appearance of uh, Carnage?
1: Uh that's a mid tier. It's like Venom. But Venom's getting ready to be a high tier because that book has been blowing up lately. Uh we the had a
0: first appearance or yep, the, ASM
1: three hundred. The lethal protector one. No, ASM 300, okay. first appearance. That thing is blowing up. A, yeah,
2: McFarlane and Venom and Spikey. Yep.
1: Uh, that book, in the last three months, has gone got, up $500. He wasn't on that cover, though, right? Because
0: his first appearance was on a different cover. Uh, first cover, Venom's first cover, right?
1: Yeah, it was uh, 311, I want to say, Which is was like his the, first cover. It's the one that's
2: hanging up on my wall. Yeah. Wood yeah. black. Uh, no, your, that cover in,
1: actually has 300 all in the background, and it's Spidey in the classic McFarland pose in the black costume. It's the last time he's in the black costume because in that book is when he knocks it off with the bell and Brock takes over as Venom. Right. So. Um, So. So that's a blue chip book now. Uh, A a mid to upper tier book. Uh, Amazing Fantasy 15 is absolutely a blue chip book. That book is never going to go down. It's only ever going to go up in price. And is always a good investment. Sweet. It's an expensive investment. I mean, if you can find one for $28,000, good on you because you're going to make your money back and then some. Uh, but that book is it. – it is a good book to own in a collection. It will value out before you know it because there are fewer and fewer copies that are available for sale which are putting the price higher and higher at all times. It's what happened with Giant Size X-Men is that one so hard to get now because you get the new team in there that it's blown up from 5 years ago being a $500 book to now 5 to 10,000?
0: Wow. So, wow. So when you're when you're looking at a book yourself, mm-hmm. like in your hands and you're grading it, what 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 are the things you're looking for as far as um yeah, just like quality
1: of the book, like well, what do you look for when you're grading it? First thing you look for Spine ticks. Mm-hmm. M- number one thing is you look for spine ticks and color breaks on the cover. Uh, those are – spine ticks are, of course, where you see the slight folds on the cover right on the spine. Right, just from, like, kind of full – like, uh, the book
0: being, being bent, bent or, a little. Or, or, or opening the yeah. cover and it kind of creases. And then
1: color breaks on the front are when there's tiny folds that actually break the color. So the paper has come loose from the color in that spot. Not That one is irreplace- or uh, is unable to be repaired. Is that a fold? Spine issue? ticks. Is
0: that a fold issue or is that a print issue?
1: No, that's a fold or a scratch issue. Okay. That is not repairable and is a hundred percent on the owner of the book. Okay. Uh, print errors are different. Like if they forgot to put a staple, if they put the staple in the wrong place, those are print errors and they don't hold. Yeah, they d- they, the don't, they don't they so, uh, don't uh, like my Carnage
2: <clears throat> first appearance Carnage the the. The stapers are on the wrong spot, so the fold is off center where the book is supposed to be.
0: And sometimes that can bring up value, but most of the time not really. It's right? super
1: rare that it will. Right. Uh if it'd been repaired, that can bring down the value. So leaving it where it is is a good move. Because most of the time it only is gonna bring it down if it does a point. Like a part of a point, yeah. not a full point. I right. posted
2: it in a group once and somebody said, hey, mine, does, mine has the same thing. It's kind of funny. So there's really? a bunch yeah. of them that have the same kind of like... So maybe overfold. you guys
0: got the same like...
1: Same
2: batch.
0: Probably the from the same, same batch. batch. Same batch, yeah. That's cool.
1: Uh, so once you figure out the the color breaks and the spine ticks, then you look for uh, dog earring. So dog earring is the rounding of the corners of the, the covers. So... Yeah, if they're rounded, or flayed. Mm-hmm. The book can't go above a certain grade, usually about an eight-five to a nine. And sometimes you'll um, buy them
0: that way. Yes, you know what I mean, where it's already fr- uh, frayed on yep. the, uh, the corner. But like,
1: here's here's the best advice I can have on buying a book. You want an investment book. You find it, you buy it. It doesn't matter the condition, because it's now in your collection. You can always find a better copy. Don't wait to find a great copy. Buy the book you want now. Buy that, that 4.0 copy because you can find a 6 or an 8 later. But get that 4.0 because you're going to get a good deal on it. And if it's a blue chip book or a mid-tier blue chip, it's still going to uh, appreciate in value over time. Well, and then Keep that, it and hold it. And then just getting that cheaper one, it could just give you that
0: little kick you need to go for it yep. on the next one. It's like, okay, I have the lesser, I want a better version. Exactly. And so then you're more willing
1: to pay that extra money. You have it in your collection already. Now you're going to be hunting harder for a better quality book.
0: And I, that's, uh, yeah, for sure. I've done that before with books.
1: So have I. I had a copy of Man Thing number 3. It was in bad shape. I got a better copy of Man Thing number three, and I'm happy. And if you don't know, Man Thing number three three is the first appearance of the original Fool Killer. He died in number four. Uh, You're you're obsessed. (laughs) Oh, I am absolutely obsessed with Fool Killer. (laughs) Uh, But once you have looked at the dog earring, the next thing is opening the book. You check the staples, check for rust, check check for tears, check for rolling. So if the book had been rolled up at some point, you'll get that on the. the spine as well, you check for those things. Then you move inside the book where you're looking at page color, white, off-white, yellow, brown. Those are your, your page colors. And you're checking to see if they're white or off-white, which is going to be what you want. Off-white to yellow is going to mean there's some acid damage, which is mildly, mildly repairable. Just from with your, some
0: patience, with your that comes from just like touching the pages, right?
1: Touching the pages, getting uh, fingerprints on there can lead to acid in the paper, and that leads to the next part: is smelling the comic, which is my favorite part of grading. Is you get to get taken back in time, but if you smell your book and it smells mildly like cat pee, best way I can explain it: it's not, but that's what it smells like because like you get that ammo- ammonia, ammonia smell. Scent, yeah. Uh, that is the acid in the paper that will eventually eat it up, Oof. but you can fix that or at least stop it from happening by going on Amazon and buying archival paper and dropping it right in there. Pick yeah. two pieces of archival paper because that's what they do when they grade your books is they get archival paper yep. in there and, and then then, seal them. Yeah, I've watched the whole the whole process
0: a yeah. few times. It's um really fascinating. Oh, it is. Um, and so like right now. It's kind of a bad time to be sending books in, right? Like you're just – it's like well, hard to like even get them there back. are
1: There are three comic book companies that do – or comic book grading companies. You have CGC. You have CBCS. And you have PGX. And they all have their fans behind them. But there's only one that has real criticism about them. And that is PGX, which is why I don't send books there. I don't think I've ever heard of them. They started a few years ago. The problem was when they first started, their, uh, their grading stamps were easily counterfeitable. Oh, shit. So there were a ton of counterfeits flooding the market for a while. And it really hurt their reputation. They've done a good job since then. But because of that... PGX is the least trusted of them because you don't know if you're getting a truly graded book or a counterfeited book.
0: Mm.
1: Now, up until recently, CG- CBCS was the number two grader on the market, and they weren't trusted yet. People liked them, but they weren't trusted. They didn't hold the value that CGC books did. Right, like a did.
0: CGC book would be worth more of the same yeah. book.
1: Yeah, in some circles. Right. Not in all, and not in in actually professional circles. But that's changed over the last year because of a few missteps on CGC's part. Uh, people have received the, the wrong books in the wrong cases with the wrong slips on them.
0: Oh, God. People yeah. have
1: received books that weren't secured in their case, so they were damaged in shipment. Some people have received their books upside down in their cases. So there's been a, a few missteps. Now, these are the... The the rare e- cases exceptions. Yeah, rare cases. But it has hurt them. But because of these missteps and increasing their prices, CBCS has increased their times from five weeks to nineteen weeks for a grade. I know personally, me, I've been waiting for three weeks for our customers' books, and I believe you have some in there. Yeah, I have
0: uh four in uh there.
1: waiting for Three weeks to get an answer on when they're going to get graded because I keep getting told they're graded. They're just waiting on the prints of the slips to go in so they can be sealed and sent back. But that's been three weeks. So this is a patient game. And unless you're willing to spend the extra money for a fast grade, understand that you're going to be sending your books off and you're going to be waiting and waiting and waiting. You also have to... It's not bad if you're investing, but if you're trying to flip, that's going to be enough. But if you're trying to flip, that's where you just pay the fast pass. That's true. What
2: does it cost? I mean, not the fast pass, but basically, a rough estimate, what does it cost to get a comic graded?
1: Uh, depends on who you go with. With CBCS, it's $18 for a modern-day comic. It doesn't matter the value of it. And then shipping and uh, insurance.
0: And then extra for uh, if, if there's a signature. Yeah. So,
1: yeah,
2: that was the other one. Like, I've... Uh, I'm waiting for uh, the the cue to die down for my uh, first appearance of Carnage to get graded, and my my new my Donny Cates signature too.
1: I have a Donny Cates I'm going to be sending off myself I on know. a Venom cover that he drew. Oh, nice. Wow! I I'll have to show you that next time you're yeah, in. D- wow! I picked up the I think I posted on the group, but
2: uh, Ultimate Carnage signed by Donny Cates. Nice. No, yeah, you yeah, both you those
1: two
0: covers. Yeah, yeah nice. those are sweet. Or is that one book? That was two books. There's was one book, yeah. You were just showing front and back? I think I zoomed in. You, no, you had two books in the picture, though.
2: I don't I, I thought. I think it was only one. Hmm. I took another one where I was touching the comic book like his signature, and it's like, I'm holding Donny Kate's <laughs> hands through a
1: poly bag. <laughs> <laughs> and he's really a nice man, too. Like, the stories I've heard of him are incredible. I mean, right when the pandemic hit—now, he lives in Texas. Right when the pandemic hit— He called his local comic book store, who couldn't be opened at the time, and said, do you have books in your pull boxes? Yes. Here's my credit card. Charge all of them. Tell your customers to come get their books. Wow. Yeah. So he's – What a guy. And he's an amazing writer too. I mean, look what he did on – Venom was a great run. But look what he did for Thor. Thor is amazing right now. And I'm so excited to see what he's going to do with Hulk.
2: I read it I saw an interview with him when he said when he first uh, when he was getting into riding Thor for the very first time he started riding and then a big thunderstorm came in and, <laughs> and cracked right as he was like and Thor appeared and then the thunder came right in and he <laughs> was like I know I'm doing the right thing. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, we're on the trip. Well, so, he brought in
1: Throg. Yeah. yeah my yeah. favorite Thor. Dude, that's awesome. And brought back Lockjaw. I've considered
0: a Throg tattoo. Oh, you should do it. I should. I mean, I still got plenty of room, so.
1: <laughs> if you gain weight, you'll have more room. I am gaining
0: weight. I've been working out, eating eating all kinds of food all the time. It makes me miserable. I got to eat, like, constantly, dude. Ugh. It sucks.
1: But, yeah, grading a comic, just to get back onto that one, the, the when to do it.
2: Yeah. Right. When you
1: love the book or you've invested in the book, there's when. Those are the only times. That you should be doing this. Like, if it's you love the book and you want to protect it for history, you've read it, you want it protected, you want to put it on your wall and display it proudly, mm-hmm. get it graded. Or, if you've bought an expensive book and you want to protect your investment in the book, get it graded. Those are when you should be doing it.
0: So, right, like like we said, it's kind of a, a hard time with the weight. So what would you recommend on, like, when would be a good time to try to send some?
1: Anytime's a good time to send them. You just are going to have to wait for them. Just how long are you willing to wait? Yeah. Uh, But if you're looking to sell it and flip it fast, let's say, hypothetically, you get a giant size X-Men number one, $5,000 book, and you get it for a gift. Or you find it at a garage sale for $5, which has happened. Yeah. You fast pass that thing. You spend the two or three hundred dollars to get that graded yeah and get it turned get around your in money, a day you're or gonna two. get your money back. yeah, you've
0: protected that book because that's something you get graded and then immediately try to sell right like for some people, yes, like if you're in it like that and you're spending yeah. the money on those books, you're probably cycling keys constantly. Yeah, and if that's I, when
2: you do that. If I had that book, first thing I would do is call my insurance company and make sure I was covered Oh uh, <laughs> <With> my
1: homeowners. <laughs> no kidding, right? Like so, That's why my business anyone. has $2 million in coverage. Just don't tell anyone you have it. No. Oh, I've already thought, because books come in all the time, and I've bought stacks of books and had keys in there without looking at it, gave a cash offer, got it, and got expensive books. That's happened to me. Eventually, if I ever get an amazing fantasy that comes in the store, that thing gets bolted to the floor. Huh. It gets put in a case, bolted to the floor. Just in a, you got to have a safe, man. I have a walk-in safe. Do you? Yeah. Oh, you've never seen it in the store. Yes.
0: Wow. Well, you gonna have to show me next time
1: I'm there. But uh, I would bolt that thing to the right into the concrete foundation, and put it in a stand and put blocks around it so you couldn't drive a vehicle into it. But the store's covered for two million dollars in in Loss and damage. That's, yeah. And that's outside of property damage. So that's contents and thefts.
0: So, right. So if people come in and take all your wall books. Yeah. Then you're covered.
1: So we're that covered. That would still
0: be a fucking tragedy, though.
1: Oh, yes. Look Jesus. what happened. Well, it's actually happening right now on the East Coast is there's people going up and down the, the Midwest to the East Coast and breaking into comic stores and stealing uh, keys. That's fucking. God. Yeah. ten to $20,000 at a time.
0: If you're doing that, bad karma. Oh yeah. Bad. Please drive off the nearest cliff. Not with the books
1: in the car, though. No. Take them back to the store yeah, and kill take yourself. Those back where you got them and slap your damn self. But it's it's been going on. Like I again, I'm in some retailer groups, and there's been people that have been hit lately, and it's really sad because they're breaking their glass cases and stealing the books. That uh, sucks. So I mean, we're th- I'm thankful we live in such a wonderful town. That it really uh, store break-ins po- don't happen often. Yeah, you
0: know, there's that possibility, but not as bad as like if you were in Denver. Or Mile like High that. got hit
1: two years ago. Oh, Seventy-five thousand dollars in loss. And oh in god, people.
0: that must have been just terrible for them. Yeah, uh, he they,
1: lost all of a day's uh, worth of value. Oh, uh, yeah, a whole freaking
0: day. Uh, we'll have to replace these with the ones in the back. Don't
1: they have a whole other warehouse just full? He of has like an entire safe there that's worth about $10 million. That's
0: insane. It, his
1: back collection is almost as good as the Jeppy family's was when they had their museum. So Jeppy family, of course, owns uh, Diamond Comics. Okay. And he had a comic book museum, including an Action Comics number 1 graded. And when what was they was the grade? Nine Sh- What? Yeah It's good how? to be the king uh, They ended up donating all of them to the Smithsonian uh, How do you find a nine? And your how own diamond
2: a- you made, <clears throat> He's got a lot uh, no, of
1: trade No, they just sold that one recently
0: That was like three million dollars or something, right? Have you uh, guys
2: seen where you can invest in old comics Like stock markets and buy like a percentage of them? Yep. Yeah. yeah there's like a new, I
0: have seen that.
2: Yeah. I I, I don't know. I, do think I don't like that? that. What do you think about I that? I need to hold it in my hand myself. I even if it's, yeah, if I, it's a ten, sh- I would like, rather own a ten dollar book than point zero zero one of a thousand dollars. It's like buying cryptocurrency.
1: That's like a timeshare. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. fuck that. You never get to touch it. You've just bought stock in it, and you're hoping somebody sells it and you make some money. Yeah. If there there isn't the love of collecting there. That's and yeah. I think that's an important part of this is enjoying the 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 book you know like there's a chance in my lifetime that I will have a detective comics 27 under my purview cuz I've already had one in my hands I might get that copy just not in the store for no we'll put it in a museum uh we'll do a comic book museum and if it gets into our control I'm sending it off to get graded for protection, not because I ever want to sell it, but to protect the book for future generations.
0: So you would give it to a museum or you're saying you're going to start your own? We'd start our own museum. Sweet.
1: uh, Where it would be come in and have a kiosk to donate money. Uh, No, nonprofit to further the education of comic books. Because, yes, I love being a retailer. Making money selling comic books is wonderful. Educating on comic books is even more fulfilling.
0: And that's what, you know, I started the group for. That's why I approached you about coming there. I never asked you for a thing. I just yeah. said I wanted you to come in, promote your business, and let's get comic books out there and get people, get a culture going in Casper around here, um, and
1: not just here, but all over. Well, the LCS. Uh, local comic stores for those who who don't use acronyms is, I think, one of the most important hubs for identity that collectors can have, because you two might be friends out of here, but you might meet someone there. you know you have the same interests. So we never met before this. Yeah, we, no. We, yeah. We, the, this, the comics we, brought the com- us the together. Comic yeah.
0: zone, the comic zone, the store. All this.
1: LCSs are so important
2: to that.
0: This podcast is the product of you know. Well, that's that's just and,
2: it. And you're saying off off air off podcast about competition, <laughs> but like this this is all about bringing the culture of comic books to everyone and building a culture and bringing people together. With the diverse, you know, their diverse opinions about what they like and what they don't like. Absolutely. You know, and, and,
0: that- and it's so done so well. Everyone is so awesome in that group, man. We It's, like, unheard of to have a group where people just aren't talking shit to each other. Like, everybody has so much respect for each other. Like, I couldn't be more happy with the way that
1: group turned out and, like, where we're going with all this. There man. are times it goes a little too far, but that's giving, and and I will specifically call, like, the person who it happens to, and I love him to death, but Nike, people talk so much shit on him on Lee Field. Oh, I do not, as well.
0: That's all in good uh, fun, It's in good fun, and he can, yeah, not, fun, and he can talking, take it. He's not. But
1: there's times where, like, you see that, and I want to go in and go, hey, we might have a differing opinion on him, but I support your love of him.
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, Absolutely. We always and, try to make that clear. Is yeah. Like, this is all in. It's dis- all in good fun. You have to fuck fun dis- with the people you love the most. It's discussion and like if we can't like at least debate about you know this, these things. or yeah. You know, have a decent conversation, which we always do, man.
1: Oh, absolutely. But I'll just say, like, he's the one that gets rubbed the hardest oh, yeah. on his love of but something. You're but you're on him the most. Oh, I, I, oh I'll, I'll oh, admit that. I, <laughs> I just posted one up today.
0: Oh,
1: I know. I saw that, that <laughs> pouch thing. Yeah, it was, a, it was an ad for a pouch that opens up to be a bigger A pouch. bigger pouch. Nice. And I'm like... Leafield and uh, uh, someone else, I can't remember who else it was would love this <laughs> <laughs> I've posted A pouch ones that on there turns that I,
0: into more pouches oh, Leefield and Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, that was it. I posted things on there that I knew were going to get him without even tagging him. Yeah. I, it was just like fishing all right. Uh-huh. here you go. Gotcha. Oh but
1: yeah, he's on it, dude. When he's your favorite artist, you have to expect that. Because there is so much criticism of Lee Oh,
0: always has been, but it yeah. doesn't
1: mean he's not great. He's one of, the, of, he's
2: one of the greats. People hate on Justin Bieber and Taylor Swift, but they're Still super popular. Still out of control. They're, so, they, they're,
1: they're there for a reason, whether you like that or not. Uh, if you've ever watched the movie Office Space, uh, the one guy who uh, was talking about the Pet Rock but he made a million dollars. No shit? Yeah. <laughs> so what do you say you do? Here? <laughs> <laughs> but when you're when you've made the money on it, does it really matter if uh, people have enjoyed it? Man. He hasn't stolen from anybody. I'm sure he doesn't give a fuck at all. Oh no, he'll block you on Twitter real uh, quick. He
0: don't give a shit like if you like his artwork or not. Blow me, dude. I'm making like, Yeah, I go, go to your 9 to 5,
1: I'm drawing comic books. Yeah, I don't like Lee Fields' art. But I don't hate the man. I hate, well, I've I've hated some of the things he's done. Yeah, I've heard like he's kind he, of been
0: a kind of a shitbag here and like, there, but like it's. Who with has what the, he did
1: for two image.
0: Yeah. But when, that was
1: also age. Like uh, which of us didn't do stupid shit in our were, 20s? They got matching jackets like a fucking
0: gang. Yeah. yeah. But he was 24 years young. old driving a Ferrari. They were
1: fucking rock stars,
0: man. Yeah, Everybody loses their shit.
1: Oh, absolutely. So I'm not going to judge him for being dumb in his twenties, because if we did, I'd be fucked now. And it, he he
0: learned his lesson. He got kicked out. He he got he got booted and brought back.
1: And uh, no, he's back, right? Uh, I don't think he's doing any books with him right now. But he's gone. He's done books with him, right? The, he eventually yeah came back. They around. they kissed and made up, right? Which is sweet, but man. You you know, he is a polarizing figure in the comic book world. And he is an I-love-him-or-I-hate-him uh, person. You either love his art or you hate his art. There's no two ways. About... You don't just go, leafield's an okay artist. It, he's just not that. It's the same with McFarland. You can't say he's an okay artist. He's a phenomenal artist. Yeah, No just... one can really say Lee, uh, McFarland's a bad artist. They can say, on the, the other hand, that he knows. There are better artists. There are better artists. But, but... he... Broke boundaries,
0: man. And Absolutely. And literally, literally broke boundaries. He was drawing outside of panels, doing stuff that— He broke
1: that, the rules that everybody had set forth before
0: him. And even when they were telling him no, he's like, okay, well, I'm going to do it anyway, so. Yep.
1: And then I think the greatest uh, thing with, with McFarlane ever is his absolute dedication to Image Comics. When they had one of their first panels at Comic-Con down in San Diego— People were asking Marvel questions of him. And he goes, if you want to go to okay. – if you want to hear about Marvel, go to a different fucking uh, yeah, panel.
0: I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't it on uh, – they got film of it?
1: Yep. That was on the Image Revolution. Uh, yeah, I, I remember watching that. Uh, and so I have respect for somebody that has that much confidence in their own work and their own worth to this industry.
0: He knew what he had. Oh, absolutely. And he had – on top of that, he also had a, a confidence in abundance. Yeah. Like, is he the best? No, but he's pretty
1: goddamn good. Well, you knew he was good enough to carry his own weight. Yeah, and that's all you can ask out of anybody. You don't need to be the best. You just need to be the best at what you do. But he is. And that's what he is, is the best at what he does. Yeah. He M- makes most, the best toys on the market. He's a grinder, man. Yeah. The man's always working. Yeah. I have ad- nothing but admiration for him. Yeah. Uh, and Lee Field, he is that artist that, you know, he's good. And he's loved. Not by everybody. And that's okay too. You don't have to be loved by everybody. You have to be loved by by the people that you care about. The fans you care about. If your fans love what you do, does it fucking matter if somebody else doesn't? Yeah, and that's the thing, man. It's like
0: Yeah, like you said it perfectly, right? Like who gives a fuck if people don't like you? Like my fans like it.
1: Not everybody likes all of us. (laughs) Who gives a shit?
0: Mm, Yeah, I'm sure that I know there's there's people that hate me. I know shit. Yeah, (laughs) I know people hate me. Yeah, but it's and it doesn't matter to me.
1: I sleep. People ask how you sleep. Usually on my side, on the cold side of the
0: (laughs) on the cold side of the pillow. So so, we're kind of reaching the end here. I think. now is your time to shamelessly plug. What's going on with Steve Howe uh, as far as, uh, I know you're a man of many pursuits. So, oh,
1: oh, I'm a workaholic. So, of course, I own Norse Comics and more. Uh, you can find us at NorseComics.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, NorseComics307. Uh, I do Unboxed, which is an unboxing show of every possible product that we get in, and I'm just getting better at it. And then I do my own podcast, Our Love of Comics, where we discuss, where me and my co-host discuss characters, issues, and storylines each week. Awesome. Now, we've been on hold for a couple of weeks because he's been sick, but mm. we're back. We're filming a new episode this week, and that'll be released on Monday.
0: Awesome. Make sure you post it in the Comic Zone, too. we Will do.
1: Um,
0: so what about your, um, you were doing a streaming service, right? Yes,
1: Groover. Yep. So how do people find that? Uh, Groover.com G-R-U-U-V-R.com It's also downloadable in the iOS uh, stores and Android stores as well as on Amazon uh, Fire and oh there's one other that I can't or uh, Android TV as well Sweet um,
0: Thanks for coming in man yeah. We really appreciate it this Anytime. Is Just our third episode here We got anything Bill?
2: No, thanks again for coming.
0: Sweet, I think uh, I think that's it. Goodbye, everybody.